Hi, this is Pastor Stephen. I am the pastor of New Beginning Church in Singapore. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this podcast will build your faith. Hope you grow deeper in the word of the Lord and know Him personally in much deeper way. Enjoy the message. God bless you. Hi, New Beginnings Church. It's me again. I'm speaking to you again on the marketplace ministry, something that's really deep in my heart. I, I really feel strongly about it, so I just want to continue from where I left off last week. Last week, I discussed Jesus the carpenter, and I started off that sermon by talking about the conversation that somebody engaged me in after the service uh, about my point that Joseph, in the Old Testament, Joseph, the one who had the son of Jacob, who had been sold into slavery and then from slavery rose up. <laughs> Joseph's life was a real amazing journey, right? I, full of irony, right? Uh, from slavery, he rose up to become a prisoner. I mean, how many people could actually say that, that going from a slave to a prisoner is actually a promotion? It was, because in the prison, he became an administrator, which prepared him to, for his next journey to now administrate the whole nation. You see, God has a path for us, right? And I said that Joseph, by serving in Pharaoh's, sorry, before Joseph could serve in Pharaoh's palace, he had to serve in two other places first. And if he had failed to serve in those two other places, he would not be able to make it into Pharaoh's palace. He would not be considered worthy. He would not be considered ready to serve in Pharaoh's palace. Where were those two other places? He had to start in Potiphar's house because in his own father's house, he wasn't, he wasn't cutting it. He was just sitting around with his... Um, set of colorful robes and telling on his brothers, gossiping about them, bringing a negative tale about them, you know, whispering into his father's ears about them. No. So God gave him another chance in Potiphar's house. He was doing well over there. So God promoted him. Ironically, we wouldn't consider it a promotion, but in, in the God scheme of things, it was promoted him to prison. And was in prison with all the meetings that he had with the baker and the, and the butler that he finally managed to get into access to Pharaoh's palace. And he was able to tell Pharaoh how to do a taxation system, he was able to tell Pharaoh how to manage the finances, how to survive the drought. Basically, he was the minister of finance, he was the prime minister, helping Egypt to get through prosperity helping Egypt to get through recession. Now the person who engaged me on this, she, it was a she, she was a first class honor student working for a consulting firm with a good job. She was unhappy with the time demand. I can understand that, right? But I think the sad thing about high achievers like that is they've got a wrong mental model. They feel that God if they're not serving God in the church, if they're not serving God in 
in a ministry formally with a formal position, then they're not serving God. You know, this is a real this is a real letdown for us to think that God's and God's universe is so small that God's universe is only the church. There's something bigger than the church, and it's called the kingdom. And that's actually another subject for another day. So this person, she told me that she wanted to resign so she could spend more time serving in the church. And I said, well, sure, there are moments uh, and there are specific purposes of God for some of us to do that. But if you are just doing that because you can't handle your marketplace assignment, then you know if if you want to run away from the from the from the marketplace and come into the church, what makes you think you're good enough to serve in the church? I think we shouldn't we shouldn't be coming to this point where we say that the, 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 I can't I can't serve God in the marketplace, so I want to serve God in the church. That's actually at the downgrade, right? It should be that you excel serving God in the marketplace, then you are good enough to be in the church. Because then you'll be able to take the church to the place that God wants it to be, which is to be a lighthouse, to be a light, to be the salt of the earth. And last week I shared about how the marketplace is a place of preparation. The marketplace is a place that gives pleasure to God. Marketplace is a place that helps us to be pure. When Jesus came back to his hometown, they were amazed at his wisdom. And they were feel, they were offended that he was a carpenter and he was so good. You know, when people feel offended about you and you know that they don't understand your process, it brings out purity in you, not anger. So this week, I want to entitle my message, Come and Go. The subtitle, Marketplace Mental Model. If you're looking at my slide, Come, treat the church as though it's a sanctuary it's a resort it's a place for retreat but please don't stay forever in that retreat don't stay in that wellness resort okay because then we are shortchanging the purposes of god we're not understanding god's heart at all as quickly as we come into that resort to enjoy the waters the sun the refreshing, the rejuvenation, and the restoration, we must then quickly get ourselves filled up as though we are like a car that has come to the petrol station, the petrol kiosk, the gas pump to be filled up. Because, you know, no, no, no vehicle is meant to stay and linger in that petrol pump or that gas pump. We're just meant to fill up. And move on because we got a place to go. We got somewhere we need to be. So the, the place of the church is to 
just build up people and then release them into the marketplace. Every one of us, every one of us needs to be in the marketplace. Every one of us needs to have skills, needs to have ability that will help us to engage into the marketplace. Please don't shortchange yourself by running away from the marketplace because you think that is a second-class place to be in. Let me share with you the heartbeat of God. Here's a familiar scripture which I don't think I need to give you the reference. If you don't know the reference, I suggest that you go to Sunday school for a while. Because any Sunday school kid, you ask Zephan or if you ask Giselle, his sister, and all the other kids that go to Sunday school, I miss you guys. They will tell you the reference, okay? I'm not going to tell you. Here's the verse that I wanted to share with you. For God so loved the world. How much did God love the world? He loved the world so much that He sacrificed His one and only Son. His only Son, so that whoever believes in Jesus shall not perish but have eternal life. I'm not going to preach on the second part of that sermon. Not that the second part of the sermon is not important. It's probably very important, more important than the first part. But I'm just focusing on the first part today. God so loved the world. And what are we doing running away from it? No, 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 no. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that we need to embrace the system and the values of the world. No. We need to be in the world, but not of the world. We need to know that he who is in us is greater than he who is in the world. But we have no business cutting ourselves off, disengaging ourselves from the world. Because the heartbeat of God is the world. God so loves the world. You and I need to be in the marketplace because that is where the world is happening. We need to be in the hospitals. We need to be in the clinics. We need to be in the government uh, administration. We need to be in parliament. We need to be in politics. We need to be in business. We need to be in school. We need to be in universities. We need to be studying our undergraduate. We need, if it's possible, to do our postgraduates. We need to have continuous education. We need to speak the language of the world. We need to be in the world. We need to be that good Samaritan who should be in Samaria but is not going to remain in Samaria. He is going to be walking that road from Jericho to Jerusalem, even though he has no business to be in the land of the Jews since he is an outcast Samar Samaritan. No, 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 no. We are going to be there like that good Samaritan because there is a neighbor that we need to love. Because God not just loved the world, He so loved the world. How much did He love the world? So much that He gave up the one thing that was most precious to Him. That one thing that He gave up, that one person that He gave up, Jesus, was sacrificed because
because God so loved the world. So he's not, God is not, in a manner of speaking, saving us from the world as much as he's saving us from darkness so that we can then become the light. And when Jesus, the Son, had come to the earth, in Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, in verse 3, the Son, through a parable, explains the Father's heartbeat, just in case we didn't understand it. So through this parable, Jesus said, that there was a Lord, there was a Master who said to His servant, and if we really want to be obedient to God, having a servant heart to serve Him, this is what we need to do. We can't just come into church, stay there, and hide there. We need to go. Go where? Well, Luke's Gospel, chapter 14, and verse 23, it says, Go out. Go out into the highways and the hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. But I want to emphasize, go out, go out. Don't stay here because if you don't go out, you can't bring the harvest in. Go out, go out. We, I, I, I think we can be the greatest evangelist in the marketplace, greater than any evangelist in an evangelistical rally, right? I think everybody hearing me would testify to the fact that we probably heard the gospel message only because someone reached out to us and brought us to the messenger, right? But you see, there needed to be a go-between who was going to be able to reach out to us and bring us to the messenger because very few of us would want to listen to the message if we didn't, first of all, have a person who was close enough to reach out to us in the marketplace, in the place that where we were, when we were in school, or when we were in university, or when we were in our workplace, when we were in our family, somebody reached out to us. Whether that person who reached out to us knew it or not, they were doing this. They were going out where? Wherever, the highways, the byways, the hedges, wherever, wherever. But you know, to get access to some of these places, we need skills. So I am pleading with you, church. If you were today in school, or if you were today in university, or if you finished university and you're thinking about going back to university, do it, do it. Because your education and your, and your skills will open doors and take you to the highways and the hedges and take you to places which some other people will not have access to. Because some of us need to learn how to engage with people in ordinary life. We've lost touch with it because we speak, we speak biblical language. We speak Greek. We speak Hebrew. We speak such a way that sometimes even Christians don't understand us. There was, there was a church member many years ago whom I used to call sometime. 
and ask him how he was. So when I called him to his place of work, and he would not know who was calling because he didn't have a caller ID and it was just a landline that I was calling on. And, I, and, and, and I, whenever I called him, he would just pick up the phone and say, Hello, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Behaving as though he was in church or a cell group. How, how many people could open a cell group meeting and make any person who is not a Christian feel at home. I think we've lost the touch. We've lost God's heartbeat. We've lost that ability to just relate to a person. We've lost that ability that Jesus had in John's Gospel chapter 4 when he just walked and waited by a well, waiting for a woman. And he could engage with that person. He being a Jew, she being a Samaritan, Samaritan woman, he could still engage with her. We've lost that ability to engage with people because we've, we don't love the world the way that God loves the world. We've become very judgmental. Again, I'm not saying that we need to buy into the world's system and the world's values. But we don't need to be so judgmental of the world and we're not even judging the world not at this point many years ago easily about 15 years ago when I was on a holiday with my wife and my eldest son in, in California we landed at the airport after we finished a retreat and we were going to do another retreat but there was a week when we were on holiday and um, I needed to have a break because of the, you know, I was tired. So we decided to fly to LA. Uh, and after LA, we were going to do some ministry. So we flew to LA, uh, having four or five days on our own. And we arrived at the airport. And we didn't want anyone to pick us up because once people picked us up, then we will have no rest. So we, we, we arrived at the airport. And I found a way to get a, get a, get a, get on a bus to go to Anaheim and I think those of you who are familiar with California will know what's in Anaheim right yeah we wanted to go to Disneyland if I remember correctly the bus that I needed to take was bus 47 if I remember correctly so eventually me and my family we got our bags onto the bus and uh, we got up into the bus now the bus driver was just tall black man and he had a really gregarious energetic dynamic very winsome engaging attractive personality you know just a bus driver but he was so friendly and he, and, and it's just the way he behaves that you wanted to you felt like you wanted to talk to him you know that if you talk to him he would tell you a lot of interesting things anyway that was just how I felt. And, 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 and apparently the journey was long. It was like two and a half hours. It was also because of heavy traffic. So eventually it took a bit longer than what we expected. And throughout that journey, as he was driving the bus, he was holding a mic. I think the bus was, was, he was holding a mic, yeah. He had a mic in his hand. He was able to still drive because 
with slow, very slow traffic. And I think he was just trying to engage us. Not many people on the bus. The bus could take about 40 people, but maybe it's only 15 people on the bus. And so he said, let's just talk, just talk and just chat. There's something about the way he talked that made me feel that like he was a pastor. I just felt that, you know. So I, I turned to my wife and I said, I think this man must be a pastor. And my wife said to me, if he was a pastor, what would he be doing driving a bus? That was a mental model of what ministry was and what marketplace was. And it didn't mix. Well, yeah, if you look at most of the models that we have around us, the role models around us, no, if you're a pastor, you don't drive a bus. So anyway, I thought I'd just go up. I was kind of drawn to go up and have a chat with him because the seats near the driver front end was empty. So I walked up. As I was sitting down, he looked at me and said, Young man, you feel my anointing, don't you? That was the first time he had spoken in a Christianese language. Until that point, he was speaking in a way that was just normal. And when I walked up to him, he said, Young man, now if you call me young man, I will pay all the attention to what you have to say. And he said, Young man, you, you feel my anointing, don't you? And I just sat down and I said to him, Well, I, I engage, I like the way that you talked things that you said I just wanted to chat with you it seems like you're a Christian he said yeah I am are you a pastor no a matter of fact I am I am a pastor I have a congregation of 400 so I said I'm, I'm a bit curious you you have 400 people in your church you're a pastor why are you driving a bus so he told me his story he said that when he was 17 he was ready to go to Bible school, but that year his father had passed away. The family was very poor. He being the eldest, he needed to work to support the family. And one of the first jobs that he got was with the bus company. And for about 30 years, he had been with the bus company as a driver. And well, he had been driving that route from the LAX to Anaheim for many, many years. So, well, in between, he had found some time to go to Bible school, but he never quit his job as a bus driver. So I asked him, well, now that you already have a pastoral ministry, why don't you just quit this job? I'm sure that that can, can, can take care of your needs and you can fully serve God. I'll never forget his answer, right? He said to me, young man, this is probably the best piece of advice. It's going to be the best sermon that you ever heard. And it's not going to be a long one. Here's, here was his point. He said, My ministry is not my work. But my work is my ministry. That's the reason why I still drive this bus because here is where my ministry is. And he asked me, I presume you're also a pastor? I said, yeah. 
What do you do? So, well, I generally speak in different churches, different parts of the world. And he said this to, to me. He said, so you, you travel to different parts of the world and you think you're pretty fantastic. I didn't say that, but that's what he assumed. But let me tell you about myself. 30 years I've been driving this bus, many years on this route. Do you know the number of people that come from other parts of the world get on this bus to go to Disneyland? They need to be on my bus. For two hours or three hours when they're on my bus, no other voice that can speak to them except me. They have no other choice. I can speak into their lives. You know, the first person to come up, talk to me. He said, you go to the nations, but through my work, the nations come to me. Friends, the hair on my hands was standing. Because this man had tapped into the heartbeat of God. The purposes of God in the kingdom of God, which is within us, is meant to be manifest out there. And my last point. The heartbeat of God is not just an invitation. It is now a command. Matthew's Gospel 28, verse 18 to 20. Jesus said, Hey, all power and authority is given to me in heaven and on earth so guys you go and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the father in the name of the son and of the holy ghost you teach them to observe all the things whatsoever i have commanded you and lo i am with you always even unto the end of the world amen go 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 if you come to church don't stay here and enjoy the water, the sunshine, and enjoy the air condition and become so comfortable and fall into a comfort zone. No, no, no. You just fill yourself up because Sunday is just one day. Monday to Saturday is when the real ministry takes place. That's the time for you to be the light of the world because Jesus has made us a city that is set on the hill and the city that is on the hill cannot be hidden don't hide in the church my friends I feel so passionate about this if a person came to me today and said to me pastor I want to quit my job I want to I want to go into the ministry full-time my answer to you would be don't don't until you finished what God wants you to achieve in the marketplace, don't because you would be going into the ministry half cooked, half baked, not ready. My first sermon I shared with you that Jesus spent 60% of his life being a carpenter. That prepared him for what was to come next. Jesus speaking in the Sermon on the Mount, he said, You are the light of this world. You are the salt of this earth. You're not just meant to be the light of the church and the salt of your cell group. You're meant to be 
the light of this world because God loves this world. God's heartbeat is for this world. You go into whichever place you have to go to and some places you cannot go into because right now you're not equipped to go to those places. And your equipping is not just about going to Bible school even as much as that is a good place to go to. That is, a, that is an option. That is not the only option. You are meant to be the source of the earth no matter where God places you. Whether it's in the corporate world, the secular world, whatever world you want to call it. These are not words that the Bible has created because the Bible says, God owns the cattle on a thousand hills every place that your foot treads upon. That belongs to God. Let's not say that belongs to the world. Who said that? So Jesus in that same sermon says, no one lights a lamp because God has lit a lamp within us. He's put into us destiny. He's put into us eternity. He's put into us a purpose. He's put into us a calling. So now, don't run away from the place that God's heart is so turned toward and then say that I am fulfilling God's purpose. Jesus said to the masses, on the mount. No one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden. No one puts it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand so that those who come in may see the light. The church is not a sanctuary for us to retreat from the world. The church is just a place for us to be equipped to go out and do the ministry. May I say, in closing, the church is almost like a gas pump, a petrol station. You just spend a few moments there, you get filled up, get what you need, and you get back on the road. You're going to have to come back again soon. The more that you are functioning out there, the more frequently you're going to have to come back, but you're not going to spend all your time in that petrol station. You're just going to get filled up. You're just going to get all equipped and all energized to go again. That's the heartbeat of God. New Beginnings Church. God loves the world. We shouldn't be distracted. We should have that same heartbeat. God bless you. Thank you for joining us. Hope you have been blessed. This podcast is made possible by generous giving people like you. If you want to support us, please visit us at www.nbcsingapore.org www.nbcsingapore.org God bless you.